And welcome to Expert Weekly, where I have a weekly guest who takes a deep dive into entrepreneurship, business, or marketing. And today's guest actually had to do two parts here because we had such an in-depth conversation. I've decided to split this into two podcasts. So this is part one of Fake Gurus. And this is where this is an expert who's in a property business, has been there for over 20 plus years, takes a deep dive into all these people who are trying to sell dodgy courses and not fulfill people in terms of their needs and their wants and desires about financial freedom around property. So this is the first part of this interview with David. And the second part will be aired next week, next Thursday on Expert Weekly. So enjoy part one of the show. We are here because we want to build a six-figure profitable business that allows us to use our gifts to serve others, impact the world, and live life on our terms. I'm a no BS entrepreneur. I don't give up. No excuses here. I learn from my failures. I seek discomfort. It helps me grow. I speak my mind. I stand up for what I believe in. I use my gifts to serve others. I empower them. I'm focused. I'm disciplined. I get shit done. I build six-figure businesses. I am a no BS entrepreneur. I'm Afro Duritu, entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and mentor. Now, the question you're probably thinking is, how can I build a six-figure profitable business? If that is your question, then this podcast will give you the answer. Uh, welcome to the Afro Duritu podcast, and this week is Expert Weekly, as it is every Thursday at 8 p.m., and I've got a special guest in the studio. You're going to absolutely love this guy. His name is David, and he's living with his family on a farm on top of the South Pennine. Pennines. Speak there. David has, has been in property business since 1999, where he's taught and mentored people in property, business, and marketing since 2016. A fellow, a fellow of the Chartered Management Institute and member of the Associates of Coaching. That's a mouthful. With many industry-based qualifications, David is director of three property and education businesses, having trained and mentored a number of years, and having understood firsthand the stress and demands placed upon busy people with businesses and pressure jobs. David now focused on self-development in relation to health, business, and lifestyle. Having undertaken a life-changing body transformation himself, which saw him lose 70 pounds in only four months during lockdown. David has written his book, I love this title, Five Stones, Four Months, Three Matins, which is due out release September 2020. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks, Afro. Absolutely Great. delighted to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing to have you on. Um, so I, first I want to kick off with property then. So there's a yeah. lot going on in property. We'll get into lockdown in a minute, but what is happening in property right now? Because there's a lot of people have come out of the woodwork with a lot of complaints around training around property. And you've had many years experience. So you must have seen a lot of things over that time. So what's your thoughts in the property training oh, industry? Gosh, well, it's a very, very uh, um, controversial subject at the moment. <laughs> a hot, hot, hot topic. In fact, it has been for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, it's just it seems to be it seems to be getting worse. Um, yeah. And it's not. I'll be honest with you. It's not a particularly great space to be in at the moment. But there's, and there's a lot of people coming into the business. Certainly over the last year or two, it seems like everybody's, you know, who's uh, may, maybe doing some property, maybe not, is yeah. is coming into property training. So it's a bit of a funny one, really. Uh, there are some really, really good guys, yeah. Um, and um, you know, they really are with loads of experience and credible. And you know, there are yeah. like with any business, there's some people who perhaps you know might not be. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one because 
unfortunately, it's like with the wealth creation industry and and dealing with people. You know, there are some people. You know, there there, there are some 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 trainers who you know are very good. Some aren't, yeah. aren't very good. You know, and there are some people who you know some clients who who come on and they think it's perhaps easier than it is. Maybe yeah. they sold that way. Um, you know, it's and and. You know they've come into into the property business and they think it's probably, as I say, a bit easier than it actually is. And when you do start getting getting in there, um, you know it's like any business. You, you, it's not easy. You have to stick at it. You have to um, you really have to give it a good go and um, and keep getting. You know it's like if we're looking at sourcing properties, we get a lot of rejection. Yeah. You know, and that, that's something I've always told people. You know, you've got to come in. You've got to be prepared to get the rejection. Um, and and some people succeed and some people don't. It's yeah. you know it's just just the way it is. But yeah, it's a funny market at the moment, a funny business at the moment. Yeah. Why do th- why do you think it's happened the way it's happened then? Because like without naming names, obviously, it's kind of like one person has has kind of hit the brunt of it with lots of complaints and there's like people chasing him and a lot of articles and blogs and YouTube videos come out all of a sudden yeah. all around it. Has that kind of like exposed the industry and then people are now like going, oh God, maybe everyone's like that or what, what's, because I'm going to have uh, Stephen Green coming on in a couple of weeks time as well. So I want to get his insights yeah. into this. So what do you think, what's happened, do you think, over the years? Because uh, property is a great thing to get into, but like you said, like it depends who's teaching you, uh, what you're learning, and are you getting the value and you've been in it so long. So it, it, it is a great thing to go into. Yeah. There's no doubt about it, but it's not easy. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, let's let's face it. Uh, and, it and there are a lot of strategies as well, Afro. You know, yeah. if 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 you're going into property and you're taking on property and then you're retaining that property and maybe you're putting tenants in there and then you're going to act as a landlord. If that's the way you're going, yeah. then that comes with a hell of a lot of responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, if you're taking a property, I mean, let, let's say, for example, you you know, you take a property on, let's say what we call a lease, a purchase lease option, which is whereby we're taking it kind of under a contract with somebody who can't ordinarily sell the property on the open market for yeah. whatever reason that might be. They're typically called kind of motivated sellers, distressed sellers. If you're taking that property on, then in a lot of cases, that property will need some work doing to it yeah so one of the problems i believe is all this no money down yeah yeah i was gonna get into that marketing. yeah yeah right no money down it's a it's a funny one and right let's just say me and you were going to do a joint venture partnership yeah and i was coming to the partnership with all the time and let's say the expertise yeah and you were coming to the partnership with a big bag full of money yeah for me, that we, you know, we, me and you then go and find a property, and then yeah. we take it on. We let's say do a refurb. We put tenants in. We make hopefully make some money out of it. Yeah. For me, yeah, that's pretty pretty much no money down, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're suppl- you're you're my joint venture partner. Yeah. Partner. Yeah. And it might be that you're let's say a landlord, yeah. and you're offering the property, and I'm going to manage it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to manage it again. You know, that's from my point of view, that's pretty much no money down. I'm getting into the property market. I'm making money out of property and I'm not having to put deposits down. I'm not having to get more mortgages myself. Yeah. So, you know, in in that essence, yeah, it is a no money down. So 
Moving on, there are obviously the strategies like rent to rent, lease options, yeah. okay, exchange delay completions, whereby what we're looking at doing is controlling that property yeah, yeah. under a contract without having to buy it. And people, you know, a lot of trainers will extend the no money down um, description to that as well. Uh, okay. But it's not quite accurate, really, because yeah. obviously, you know, let's say, I mean, I'll give you an example just one of the examples of one of mine um we you know we take a property on um in, in we took a property on in merseyside a while ago yeah. and we you know we, we we took it on for for 10 years we we you know we're using the sellers uh, or the owners mortgage we're not so we're not having to put any money in, into it that way um but it needed a coat of paint throughout. It yeah, needed yeah. cleaning. It needed, you know, we probably spent about six, seven hundred quid, which isn't a lot when you yeah. compare it to traditional buy to let. Yeah, makes sense. But it's not, I mean, technically, no, it's not money down. You are having to put some money in and you are exposed because, you know, let's say, Afro, you give me a set of keys. Yeah. And then I've got to do that work. It might take, I don't, well, let's say it takes a couple of weeks to do. Then, you know, I've got I've got to find that mortgage payment over that period of time. And if yeah. I don't get a tenant in, if I'm going to retain that and let's say not flip it on, not sell the deal, if I'm going to retain that, then I am I am at risk because I've got to pay the mortgage and I've got to pay the council tax and any utilities whilst that property's empty. So extending that no money down in that situation really isn't isn't right. Okay. So Misleading. To give you a bit of an idea. But the problem is going back, I've waffled on a bit there just no, to give you a bit of right. good. good. I think going back to your, your point, Afro, um, and I've got to be professional because I don't want to, you know, I yeah, don't want to yeah. criticize all the trainers. I would expect you to do But, you know, there are guys who are selling no money down perhaps where they shouldn't be. And, you know, where perhaps it's easier than it, you know, it, it, sh it actually is. So, you know, people are spending. You know, typically you come to a free one-day event, yeah. And you know, the person who puts that on, they've got to sell. There's no, yeah. you know, we, we don't. This is a business. We don't do this for fun. Um, you know, I mean, you, you, you know, you may know yourself. If you if you put, let's say, um, an event on, um, we, we, you know, we oh, up till COVID, you know, we typically go <laughs> to Heathrow. Um, you know, we put a we 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 get a room, we travel there, we have to. Let's put the Facebook ads out. We have to get uh, generate the marketing. Typically, yeah. to get say forty or fifty people in a room, we can easily spend ten grand. Yeah, yeah. So the pressure for us is that we're providing this free one-day event, and we've got to sell on the day. Uh, but people like a lot of people are not understand. I don't feel as though they're understanding that. And I'm, I'm talking about a lot of people who are coming to buy courses or coming to free one-day events. Yeah, you know, sell, 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 sell. And yeah, I don't like sell, 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 sell. And we don't do that, but we do yeah, have to sell does, because yeah. I can't be left with a 10 grand bill at the end of the day. I'd go, yeah. I'd go bust very quickly. Yeah, yeah, true. But unfortunately, um, you know, I think there are people out there who are pushing it too hard, who are making it, <clears throat> excuse me, make, making it sound far easier than it actually is. Yeah. And the next upsell typically will be a couple of grand, anything from 1,500 quid to two and a half grand. And that'll be maybe for a three-day three event, something like that. You come to the three-day event, then the model is is that, you know, you go there, you'll, you'll, you should learn. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are saying that 
certain trainers in the industry aren't providing and oh, i've yeah, never been okay. to these and I, I, I don't know we certainly do and i and i and I'm, i do think yeah. that you know we do give an awful lot of value but then obviously the ups the, the move on then is to a you know a longer mastermind if people want to do that yeah but i think what's falling to bits afro from what i'm hearing is that people are paying the two two and a half grand they feel as though they're not getting the the you know the the education yeah. and the information in that period of time and then they're left in a position whereby they don't know what to do yeah, so it's yeah. like and they get sold to the big ticket the six months or the 12 months mentorship so they're spending typically five figures yeah and you know the the feedback it's a mixed feedback i hear but a lot of the feedback is is that there's not support there yeah and, and i don't know if that's true or not i just you know, I just read a lot of this. But yeah. what is happening at the moment? There's a lot of, you know, well, no, there's not a lot. There's, 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 there's a couple of groups on Facebook and, you know, they're hell-bent on, they seem hell-bent on throwing mud now at anybody who trains. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it seems very, very unfair to me, to people who do try their best. And, you know, we are in, the, we are in a business. We do have to, to make money. Um, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Simple as that. Do you think then, is it a case, does it need to be regulated, do you believe then? So it can like siphon out the people who are not legitimate, who are not providing the value like you said? Or, well. Because it feels like I, I could jump on stage and talk about property, couldn't I, and sell a yeah. property program. Like, yeah. Just like anyone could do with my industry. You could you could jump on any stage and sell anything essentially without being regulated. Yeah. So yeah. where's your thought on that and that process in terms of like... True. Yeah, it's, it's a great question and it's a hot topic. You've obviously yeah. got your finger on the pulse there because yeah. it is a hot topic. But um, I don't really know how anybody... Well, there is regulation in place. It's like yeah. the Consumers Act, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, yeah, you know, you, yeah. like, there's 14 days and everything like yeah. that. Cooling off um, stuff. And stuff. What we do, we, we sell business to business. Yeah. Because we've seen what's going on. And and to be honest with you, we don't. Uh, be dead honest, we don't need that hassle. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather sell Makes to a sense. business. Yeah, yeah. And and if you've not got a business, then you know we we probably go somewhere else. Um, so regulation. I don't really know how they regulate it after all. To yeah. be honest with you, um, I don't. I mean, this this you know this organisations seem to be popping up now saying oh we, we're going to start regulating or we're going to yeah. start trying to hold people accountable and then when you actually look at at them it's just nonsense um I, I, you know it's just it's just nonsense what they're talking about and i can't put my finger on it actually um what what that would be at the moment yeah i'd have to go and look again but right, you know yeah. i don't see i don't yeah. see how regulation can really happen outside of what's already there i mean just to share with you in our business mm. you know we've got clear terms and conditions yeah um and they are clear that you know they're on the website they're on the marketing information you know we 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 ask people to obviously read the terms and conditions before they engage in anything with us um you know amanda is a qualified adult teacher um she's got cit not citb um city and girls qualifications yeah. Uh, you mentioned it when you introduced me. We, you know, we're, we're members of the Association of Coaches. You know, we we, we try and do what yeah. we can, um, but we don't. Yeah, I don't really see any. I don't see how it can be regulated. 
I really don't. Um, and I'm yet to see anybody who who says, yeah, this is the this is the way it should be done. Because we ask the question many times when people say it needs to be regulated. Okay, how how's it going to get regulated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody seems to. Everybody is banging the drum about regulation, but don't seem to provide terms, yeah. an answer what that means. There's a lot going on in government, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, where does it end, though? I mean, property training. Yeah, yeah all right, let's regulate property training. But why just single out property training? Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. Then it goes to other areas of training altogether, doesn't it? Because yeah, especially I mean, you know, now, because of like lockdowns, forced everyone to go online. So now people are buying a lot more products and services online. Therefore, it's yeah. getting more and more exposed, I guess. And then you can start to compare and contrast. Like, hey, what is this? Whatever program it is, because there's online programs everywhere now. Uh, which I think is a great thing. I love online learning. I think it's fantastic. Um, it's just that getting the right people who know what they're talking about versus someone who's going to rip you off for two grand yeah. or whatever it is. And, and that's that's hard if you don't know the industry or you need. But I like what you said about B to B versus B to C. So I think that yeah. clears up a lot of things. If you are in business and you're a little bit savvy, you, you kind of know what you're looking for and you're a bit more yeah. educated versus if you're just a consumer who just walked into a um, an event and just thought, all right, this looks good, I'll buy it. You, you kind of have a bit, you know, disadvantaged, yeah. if you like. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that's that's part of the problem, after all, yeah. because you, you do have consumers coming in to into these 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 live events yeah. with somebody stood at the front who has to sell to make well, to at least cover costs. Yeah. And you know, the the, the selling and the marketing is, you know, it, it's it's glamorous. It's yeah. it, it sounds easy. Yeah. But it's not. And I know it's not. You it's, know not it's not easy. But you know what? I mean, you know, I I gave up my job six and a half years ago. Um, I I did a mentorship. I did it, and yeah. you know, I've I've not. It's not been easy. I've had some real tough times. You know, we've had some great times. But you know, you you can do it. You can do it. But you've got to apply yourself. You really have. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you've got to. It's, it's something that I believe people have got to do every day, pretty much. I think you've got to. I tell my mentees, you've got to do something on your business every single day. 100%. And that might not be you. That might be that you've got an assistant, a, a virtual assistant, doing something, or something's going on in your business. But yeah. really, something needs to be driving forward every day because, you know, you do, I, as a mentor, as a mentor, <clears throat> I don't want a weekly Zoom with somebody who's going to keep saying, well, you know, I had to go to the garden centre at weekend <laughs> with the wife you know, or, or, you know, or with the husband or, yeah, know, yeah. you know, I haven't been to it. You know, it's like, oh gosh, you know, I, I really want you to do this, but you can't do it if you're not doing it. Yeah. I mean, you kind of the fire get... in the belly. You kind of want to do it. Otherwise it's not going to work, is it? No, oh, no, great. no. Uh, so in terms of like, is it a mindset thing then? Do you think that people just come in? Because my channel is all about educating entrepreneurs, um, how yeah. to build a business, marketing, entrepreneurship, etc. especially around a six-figure business. But I'm educating because I think that people just don't realize what this side of the grass looks like. They always think it's greener. They always think it's easier. It's all fancy. It looks great. Instagram, it, it, you know, everything on shows the good side. But it is hard work. Sometimes you do 14-hour days and don't even think about it. Or you, you might miss certain events and things like that because you are yeah. working on your business so much. I mean, I, I, I still love it, and I, and that's why I do it, it's fulfilling. But for someone who doesn't know that and understand that, I think they're just, they need to know before they go in, because it is a big commitment, essentially. What are your thoughts? It's, it's a massive commitment, yeah. Afro. I mean, if you're going to give your job, if let's say you, you, you talk, let's say we're talking about a consumer, and a consumer is, has got a full-time job, 
with maybe a couple of you know a, a husband or wife or, or a couple of, and a couple of kids at home yeah. it's a massive ask it's a massive massive thing to give your job up yeah um or put yourself in a position um work, working in your spare time to to earn enough money to be able to give your job up it's a it's a big big thing mm. um and you know yeah i'd say to anybody who's who's watching you know if you are considering whatever it whatever it might be um in, you know in the wealth creation industry then you know it's it's not it's not easy it can be done yes it can and there's oh, plenty yeah. of people who okay. can do it and it's fantastic you know and, and, oh, God, right it, it is fantastic but yeah. you do have ups and downs it is it, you know, it can be really stressful um life an entrepreneur is up and down isn't it? but you can do it but you do have to commit there's no two ways about it you have to work hard yeah, you have to work hard. I mean, when I was doing it, when I first, I mean, do you want me to share a little bit about how I started? Yeah, yeah no, just... definitely. I was going to ask my next question. How, how did you get started then? Right. How okay. Well. Okay. Well, I I first bought my first buy to let. Well, I first bought my first property in 1993. So... Yeah. I sound really old now, don't I? <laughs> but, yeah, I bought it in 1993 with, with my ex wife. Yeah, and then um, what happened? We got divorced. Yeah. And um, I, I I kept the house. She moved out. I kept the house. And then the guy who did my my mortgages came to see me because I was gonna. I met someone else, and we were gonna move house. Yeah. And he said, "Have you ever have you heard, ever heard of this thing called buy to let?" And it was new at the time, or very you know, sort of pretty yeah. new. And I said, "No, no, no. What's that?" <clears throat> Sorry, I've just got a bit of a dry throat. That's all right. He said, um, "He said, well, basically, you can move out, and we can change the mortgage." And what happens is you will become a landlord because you, you'll get a tenant in and they'll pay you every month. And I said, wow, really? <laughs> sounds good yeah, to me. I, mean, I, know it, I know it sounds crazy now, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, but yeah. in 1999, 21 years ago, it was like, really? Can yeah. you do that? Yeah. So, and can I do that? I mean, I was only 29 <laughs> at the time and you know, I, didn't, you know, I didn't think I'd be a landlord. And so he said, yeah, we can sort it. So I bought a new place on a residential mortgage yeah. and switched the existing resi through to a buy-to-let mortgage and i got somebody in and i yeah. got got a woman a woman's a woman tenant and she yeah. was there for 12 years oh wow and never missed a Great payment tenant. it was brilliant <laughs> yeah so it's kind of i got that 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 uh, that hunger for property i loved yeah. it because the other thing well afro the great thing about property is you've got two you've got two main income street you got sorry two main commercial commercial aspects you've yeah. got the monthly income hopefully you're making money yeah. and at the time and i can't remember the figures but my mortgage might have been about 150 quid yeah, at the time then. <laughs> um, yeah i would have bought and 20 houses then <laughs> yeah and my rent was something like 450 yeah. something like that so yeah. i was making 300 pound gross okay i've got i've got you know i've got gas testing to come out of that and i've got other overheads to come out of that but i was making money every month and i was yeah. thinking wow this is really good but the, the other thing as well was the house prices started yeah. to rise and i'm thinking wow Double i love whammy. this yeah, yeah. And, and at the time this was before the internet by the way so i really oh, am yeah yeah, yeah yeah it was yeah no no five internet yeah. roughly yeah so the, so right i'm not a particularly uh not a particular daily express reader yeah. or anything like that but in the daily express they used to have a, a daily house price um um inflation kind of chart so i used to buy it kind of regular and look at it and it's like plus plus i was thinking yes unlike on paper i'm making money i was actually seeing like i was kind of making more money than i was earning at the time so anyway (laughs) 
that was the first one. And I got the buzz for it because mm. I love making money when I'm laying in bed. Yeah. <laughs> so what I did, I saved up um, and, I, and I got a deposit for another property. So the first two properties I had were really nice. I've still got one of them now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, I've, I, two bed, like two bedroomed um modern brick semi-detached houses yeah. driveway front garden rear garden really mm-hmm. nice yeah. lovely thought for new start sorry new starters a couple or people retiring whatever really good tenants straight in again so i've got yeah. property number two now and i kind of not put any money down because this was all oh yeah of course yeah generated, yeah. yeah yeah so i'm thinking yeah i'm loving this and at the same time price, house prices were still going up yeah so i'm i'm you know i'm really loving it so then um, I, I, I kind of did a little bit of remortgaging, and I bought another one. But this one I bought in in America. Okay, I wow. Bought, I bought an apartment or a condo, as as they yeah. as the, the Americans call it. I bought a condo in the states in Florida, and I bought some land as well. Um, I sold the condo, but I've kept the land because yeah. kind of got this dream about um, you know spending building a house and spending at least winters in in Florida. Oh, sounds good. To um, Oh, whether it happens or not, who knows? Yeah. But that's my dream. Um, so yeah, so I bought this, and anyway, um, that that was the start of it. But then fast forwarding a little bit, and we, you know, we we got then I got I picked up the um, the 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 wave of the sort of two thousand the dates were two thousand to two thousand and eight until yeah. the credit crunch hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive, massive um, house price inflation period, and I was absolutely loving it. <clears throat> Brilliant. So, and, and as I say, I'd, I'd remortgaged my house and I'd bought the place in, in America and the land in America through that. So it was kind of, I'm thinking, oh, this is fantastic. And it was absolutely fine. Um, but then I got divorced. Oh, God. Amanda's, my, Amanda's my third wife. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I must love wedding cake or, or <laughs> something. I don't know. It's, or I'm not very good at being married. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, went went through this. Went, went through this divorce yeah. and oh. um, it was this is when things started going wrong I know, I know you want to touch on the health and yeah yeah, yeah. Time, so I won't I won't go into it too much but oh, it was a really Bro- tough time afro um, yeah. very nasty divorce uh, child custody issues a lot going on there and I, I went through 40 grand in cash um, or I say cash in the bank you know in the bank yeah. um, on legal fees battling to see my kids it was a really really dreadful stressful time for me um but in the, in the deal of the divorce i kept the properties which which ah, okay. uh, which which i wanted to do yeah. um but then what i did I, I moved out and and i say i got a divorce and then i went to rent a place um which i still own actually this was in 2010 and uh, i bought it direct from a developer and he he helped me and we, we we met and he was renting it out initially and and this is again this is anybody who's kind of setting off in property this this i'll share this because it's really important in my opinion yeah um because yeah, so much of bit and, and anyone in business it's relationships afro isn't it it's a oh, lot about yeah, relationships and connecting yeah. right oh, so I, I i went to look at this apartment and it's a beautiful apartment beautiful duplex um really really nice and i was only going to rent it because I was going through all this this divorce and everything and didn't know where life was going. Uh, and I met the guy, the managing director of the development company, yeah. who happened to be there. And we just got chatting. And because I'd been in construction, and obviously he was he had a construction company and was a developer as well. 
and kind of we got talking and you know he knew people i knew who i knew and vice versa and then we got talking about my situation and about um how, how kind of horrible my wife my ex-wife was <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about how he how, was it comparing wives, how horrible his, oh, no. how horrible his ex-wife was and we just hit it off like yeah. that um and we really got on really really well and to cut a long story short, he said to me, listen, if you want to buy this place, rent it by all means. But yeah. if you want to buy it, just buy it. You've got first shout at it. Oh, nice. So it wasn't it wasn't a lease option. It wasn't a formal lease option. It was kind of a, a, a kind of a gentleman's agreement. That's yeah. what we would do. But the problem was I was struggling for it because of everything that was going on. I was hemorrhaging money, court fees, battling to see the kids and all this sort of thing. I was struggling for the mortgage. So he yeah. lent me out of his own money. The, the, he lent oh, me wow. 50 grand out oh, of his geez. own money. For, to put the deposit down on the property and i paid him back yeah. i paid him every single penny back ahead wow. of time because it, that was just absolutely my focus i couldn't believe it he wanted to do that for me um and, and and he did and 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 that just shows the power of of, of forming good quality relationships yeah, yeah. between good quality people um and and i've had the property ever since afro um paid him back and yeah. you know, I I I have that now, and you know, maybe in years to come, me and Amanda will go and live there because yeah. we say, you, you know, you said we live on the farm up here, but it's too, it'll be too big when the kids go. Yeah, so true, yeah. got that property then. Um, but what happened was uh, things got very very stressful with the kids. Um, what, sorry, with the situation with the mother, yeah. and um, something I won't go into this, but there was an incident that happened, or a few incidents that happened with her new partner mm. and it resulted in social services and the police and it ended up that I took um, Jack and Emma my kids on full time yeah. um, and they've not and I got full custody it was it was a pretty serious matter really so Jack and Emma have been with me since 2014 yeah um, now that that was all very well and good and of course when you've got kids you, you always put them first absolutely you do um but logistically i was living over um they were still you know i kind of had them at weekends and now and again in the week but their school was 45 minutes drive from me and amanda so and, and for a period of probably probably six months maybe because you know in situations like this you never quite know what's going to happen yeah um it, it was very difficult to keep a job down and i was working in the sports surfacing industry um, you know, like Astro AstroTurf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. AstroTurf, I was doing that. I did great. I loved it. I loved my job. Um, I was all over the UK and sometimes Europe. It was brilliant. You know, worked for premiership clubs and, and, you know, some really, really good, good fun. But the problem was, was that I couldn't maintain my job. And, and the company that I worked for, although they said they would support me and give me that flexibility, uh, one particular morning, Afro, I, I, I went to see the po I went to get the post, and there was yeah. a, a redundancy letter in, through the door, which oh, I wow. just didn't expect. Not only, not only that, I, you know, I, I was on a three-month notice period, and they tried to give me seven days. So Jeez. it was like, oh my god, you know, it was meltdown time. It really was. Um, you know, I, 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 I didn't know what the hell to do because I didn't know, and you know, what I was trained in. Um, meant that I, it took me a, it was it was a demanding job and yeah. how am I going to take the kids every day to school uh, it was unfair and Amanda was brilliant and she helped incredibly but from my point of view 
You know, Amanda wasn't mum. It wasn't fair. She had her own thing going on. She had her own business going on. Yeah. And, and it was totally wrong for me to say, look, you're going to have to look after my kids and do this. And as I say, she, you know, she did, she did a heck of a lot yeah. more than I could ever thank her for. But I had to take the, the, the full responsibility, Jack and Emma and mine. So, and this is the point I get to, Afro. Yeah, yeah. I, want, I wanted to give you the backstory. So I got to the point whereby I thought, what, what am I going to do? Mm. And I was speaking to a friend of mine. You know, I said I picked up some property in America. In, in America. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. It, it was a company in, in Trafford. In in, um, in in Manchester, yeah. and I went to see Matt, who's he's left now, but he's the kind of the international um, manager there. And he said, "Listen, hey, you know, David, why don't you come and be a sub agent for us?" So I said, "Well, what does that mean?" He said, "Well, basically, you know, you you have, you have your own company, your own your own identity, and everything like that. But we'll give you access to our portfolio. We work with developers, and nice. you will sell 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 off plan property to be, to investors in the UK and internationally." So I said, yeah, let's do it because yeah. I had no better ideas. Yeah, yeah. And it meant I could work from home. So I did that and it failed. Oh, okay, wow. It, it failed, yeah, it did. Um, we made some sales, but it was a tough gig. Um, you know, what at the time, um, it, you know, you kind of buy an email lists of, of people who've registered an interest over property. And then you kind okay. of cold call in them or cold ah, email in okay. them. So and I hated it. quite right. Yeah, yeah, I really, really hated it if the truth be known because, you know, you're phoning people up, they don't know who you are. Yeah. Oh, no, they tell you like they do know you because they filled an expression of interest out off your marketing. Yeah. But they don't want to talk to you. Yeah. You know, people click things on on, on the computer, don't they? And then they don't even know what they're clicking sometimes. Yeah. And it was tough and we lost money doing it. So Amanda said to me. What year was um, that, by the way? When that, when that happened? What's that? What year was that? That was 2014. 14, okay, gotcha. Six years 14. That was that was just a few weeks after I'd taken Jack and Emma. Yeah. So I uh, did that for probably about six months, and I couldn't continue to lose money. So Amanda had um, had seen this. I wasn't on Facebook at the time. Yeah. Uh, had an account, but never went on it. But Amanda, Amanda did, and she was on the property groups because she was. We, we started to convert um, her house. We'd I'd moved over with Amanda, oh, okay. retained the, retained the apartment. And rented that out that I mentioned. You know the developer who, yeah. put, who yeah, let me fifty grand, grand yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I kept that, rented that out, moved over with her, and we decided to refurbish her house into a five bed HMO, and that's uh, what we did. So used the last bit of my money. Amanda uh, cashed her endowment policy in, and that and that's what we did. And then we went to rent. We went to rent ourselves, yeah. Uh, which yeah. we didn't see as dead money because what we we're actually doing is creating a, a more income generating asset on this side, yeah. and just yeah. renting out this side. So it wasn't, you know, it, it made commercial sense to us. Um, so and that's what we did. But in the meantime, Amanda said, "Listen, some, you know, there's people on on these sort of Facebook groups talking about this thing called lease options. Um, you know, do, do you want to? Might you have a look at it? Yeah. So I, said, I don't know. I don't know nothing about it." So we started going to these, you know, the property mates. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know right. them, but I'm, I'm assuming you, you guys yeah. meet up. <laughs> yeah, we went, we went to one in York, Afro, and it was okay. a bit of a life-changing thing, really. Um, we went to one, and there's, there's a couple on, and a couple speaking, and they were talk. He was, you know, they, they dealt with HMOs, but he was yeah. talking about how some properties he buys, some properties, uh, they they take out on a lease option. I said, like, "That's that lease option thing." So. 
we, we got talking to him and he explained basically what it was. And yeah. I said to Amanda, we've got to do this. If it's if this is true, if we can do this, what we can do is use other people's mortgages, use other people's properties to generate income and give us the option of buying that property in a few years time. Yeah. That sounds absolutely amazing. And that's what we did, Afro. So um, Amanda saw, saw some mentorship, talking about training. Um, yeah. She saw some, ment some, some mentoring online. And um, I didn't want to, I kind of a bit nervous about doing it because by now, you know, I'm spending a fortune on legal fees and all the rest of it. Um, didn't have a job. Anyway, I went for it and I did it. I did a 12 month yeah. mentorship and um, it worked for me, but I worked really hard for it. Yeah. And again, just to bring everything back, um, a couple of questions you've had. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit easier for me because I didn't have a job to juggle yeah. balls with. I guess so you had no option in it. It was kind of like I have to do this and have to it, make it work. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 10, 12, 14 hours a day. Yeah. I was hammering the the marketing, the sales, the calls. I was getting not back, not back, not back, not back from estate agents and letting agents and landlords. But you know what? It had to happen. Mm. And this is what I, I kind of say to my mentees as well. Sometimes, although having a job um, or, or an existing business yeah. takes you away from doing it as much as I did, um, you know, it's sometimes a little bit more comfortable because you've got that income coming in, but that's not particularly a good thing. Yeah. Because people say, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll, I'm doing this. It's I'll do it tomorrow. It's a fine balance, isn't it? Because I, I think yeah. it revolves around your risk tolerance a lot. So if you can handle the risk of like not having steady income and going, right, yeah. I'm going to make this work, then you're okay. Yeah. But if you've got to handle that, you could be overwhelmed, anxious, nervous, stressed you could like just fall apart and capitulate totally. Or you could be like, yeah. right, I'm going to make this work like you did. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work on marketing and do this. I'm going to spend 12 hours a day. I'm going to really focus. Because yeah. once you really focus down something like that, you can absolutely crush it, but it might crush you at the same time. So I, I, yeah. I can see where you're coming from totally. Well, the thing was, I mean, uh, it really worked for me. And yeah. within the first six months, I'd picked up um, – a million quid's worth of lease options. Yeah. And that was, nice. I think that was what, 15, I think it was, properties um, over two portfolios. And that's not to say I had a million quid, yeah, just yeah, for clarity, yeah. because yeah, people, know, yeah. it meant yeah. I was controlling a million quid's worth of properties. And, yeah, And that's that fine line again when people say a million pounds and you're thinking, oh, there's a millionaire, but you've got that, you control the yeah. assets of a million. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But the great thing was, you know, I was I, I, I over that six month period, I had a bank of 15 new properties yeah. all bringing me income in. And what you can do with the lease option, you can do what you call assign a deed so you can sell the deal on if you want to. So you okay. can take the property on the deal itself on. And if the contract has got that clause in it, then let's say you're, you know, let's say you're a property investor Afro. And yeah. I say to you, listen, I've got one, two, three Main Street here. Um, these, are the, these are the figures. Have a look at it. If you're interested, it's going to be, I don't know, 4,000 quid to take, to take the deal on. Yeah. And you might go and you say, yeah, I really like it. I've done my due diligence. I can see what the <laughs> option price is. I can see that there's good monthly cash flow on this. I'm happy with the property. Yeah, I'll pay you four grand. Yeah. So, you know, having that bank of properties and be able to start flipping them on, yeah. the ones I didn't want to keep, um, and then be able to put money back into the marketing of the business and start building the business really helped me. So then we started to go into service accommodation. We'd heard all this stuff about service yeah. accommodation. Right. Now, when I started, in, me and Amanda started in service accommodation, 
every you know everybody was all the trainers were going on about oh you know earn a thousand pound a month passive income per property no problem whatsoever <laughs> no money down <laughs> yeah and the, and the thing is the worst thing is like passive income with service yeah. accommodation it doesn't happen so we went into service accommodation yeah. and we we, we we initially went into three prop did a, converted three of our own properties into uh, sa and um and then started but it was real baptism of fire. It's really, really tough game essay. So what, what um, is it exactly? What, just so people who don't understand. Yeah. So what is service accommodation? Okay. Just to get some right. Well, you know, okay, right. You know, like a, tr- a traditional tenancy with a property. Let's say you've got a two-bedroom apartment, yeah. and you might have a tenant in there for a minimum of six months under a <clears throat> under a contract under an AST. Okay, and they pay you a set figure every month. Yeah. That's traditional. Well, with service accommodation, it's different. What you're doing is you don't have tenants, you have guests. Yeah. So you're acting like a hotel, but it's not a hotel. It's a property. It's, yeah. it's a house or an apartment. So what you do, Afro, you're letting it out. You can let it out anything from a night up to several months or yeah. even even years. Okay, as long as you've got you, you've you, you know you've got your contracts in place. Um, so typically we would on average probably have guests coming in every two or three nights. So what you're doing is you're you're advertising on the online travel agencies, yeah. you've got your own website, you're doing your own direct marketing. And what you're doing is you know, let, let's say you guys are coming up to Manchester, let's say, yeah. for a weekend away uh, to a wedding, then you know, you might say, oh, maybe, these, and two, you know, you two and two of your friends. Yeah. And you say, you know what, I'd love to, I'd, let's get a, a nice two or three bedroom department rather than getting a couple of hotel rooms. So, you know, you go on, let, let's just say booking.com or Airbnb yeah. typically. And you'll, you know, you'll look at the area. And then what you'll do is you'll take that property on for those couple of nights. Okay. But it's a fully equipped, furnished, ready to move into, ready to live property. And it's got all the bedding on there. It's got the towels and everything. So you don't have to bring anything apart from yourselves yeah. and your and your, your own clothes, really. Yeah. Uh, you don't have the food. You have to spray your own food. But it's just like a hotel, but it's not. It's an apartment. But that's that's great in many ways because, um, you're, you know, you've not, you've, you've not got the um, the the responsibility of being a landlord yeah. and the, um, the, you know, you've not got the Housing Act um, to, to contend with and to and to operate within legally yeah. um, you do have a contract of course that you'd have to operate within but you're also it's it's a very very fast turnaround it's a very dynamic business um, you know you can imagine afro if you've got a property and you put someone in there for six months yeah okay if something goes wrong or they don't pay you yeah you've got to deal with it but with a, a service accommodation property you know, you're constantly in, you're constant, you know, you're just dealing like a hotel. You've got to change the, change the sheets, change the bedding, change the towels, clean it, make sure all the consumables are in place. Um, you know, you've got staff, you've got, you know, cleaners, you've got, um, you know, administ- administration teams, depending on how big you go. Yeah. Um, it, there's an awful lot to it. So when I was laughing about, you know, when we came into it, people talking about a thousand pound, and it's passive income. It's not passive income. <laughs> yeah. The only way it's passive income is, let's say, Afro, let's say you've got a block of six apartments. Yeah. You own them. And you say, you know what? I want to do service accommodation in these. Um, 
but I don't want to manage it. I'm going to get a manager in. So there are companies out there um, who who will do it for a percentage of the profits. And then, you know, you're kind of hands off, you know, hands off it really. Yeah. Um, but that... yeah, so that's basically what service accommodation is. Awesome. SA, you do it in typically. When we first started, it was all about apartments. But now, you know, houses, a lot of contractors, traveling contractors, like to to yeah. to move into point, bigger yeah. properties. It's cheaper for them. Oh. Yeah. Mum's so, ringing me. <laughs> um, cool. So yeah, sorry. So shall I just finish off? tell you the tale then so that's where we went went into service accommodation we kept all the properties and um and that's where we went to um last year we had a really really bad year um i I don't want to talk about this because you know it might go legal as yet but we got um we we got we got shafted by um a much bigger firm than ours and it, it it gave us financial problems we had to close that particular company down Oh wow! Um, yeah, it was a tough, tough, tough time. It was something that we didn't do lightly, but we took professional advice on it. And you know, shit happens in business, yeah. you know. And uh, I took it, I took it very hard, took it very personally. You know, this you don't set up a business for it to fail, but yeah. some things happen. And we got, you know, we got we got really badly treated by somebody. Um, and you know, we, we it, we, it got to the point if we'd carried on, we could have ended up. You know, owing people a lot of money, and yeah. we didn't want to do that. So we Fair said, enough. you know, we, we te- need to take professional advice. So we cut that off. Uh, we still we still do property. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, still enjoy property, but still do the do the teaching as well. Yeah. Which which really good. Yeah. So where's it all so gone? Bring- That's what. <laughs> so now we've kind of like kind of full circle got to this point. How has COVID been for you then, particularly? Property wise. Yeah business-wise yeah, yeah we've been you know what property-wise we've been really been okay yeah, and also t- touch wood yeah yeah we've not had anybody not pay us um brilliant none of our tenants we've been okay we've we've yeah we've got one of the hmos is really quiet we've got five bedrooms we've actually got one tenant in there that's been that's been a, a problem to us um but um it's difficult because people aren't wanting to move about and that particular property point, yeah. uh, typically the, te- the the tenants are self-employed contractors who there's a big company nearby and they're IT contractors so they come from London yeah. um, they don't want to they don't want to stay in a hotel so they want to have um, a kind of an all bills included yeah. room um, but the problem is mate the lockdown they've not been they've not been coming up yeah. so yeah, that's that's a loss at the moment. But otherwise, yeah, all the other properties have been absolutely okay, and bit. people have paid. The tenants have paid. Awesome. I've got, I've got a couple of questions for you in terms of like, yes, what will be your top three tips around property? Then, if you wanted to get into it, interested in it, what three things would you recommend? Someone who's oh, brand gosh. new knows nothing about it and goes, David, where do I start? Three things would you say? Right. Okay. I, I, okay, I, I would. Well, one of the things I think, I think, I think training is a good thing, and of course, I'm going to say that because I've got a training business. Yeah. I took training, and Amanda took training, yeah. and I don't think without that training, we we would have been where we are now, because we were going around in circles. Yeah. Um, I think 
if you if you don't know much about property, I think you really do need to go into it because you know we're not dealing with Mars bars, we're dealing with <laughs> property. You know, yeah, we're dealing with property. Anything, I don't know, eighty grand up till God knows what. You know, yeah, up to yeah. a million quid. It's serious stuff. But you do need to do your due diligence. I suppose this is like one A and one B, Afro. Um, you do need to do your due diligence with with trainers now. How do you do that? Um, you've you've got to get on the well. One of the best ways I think is getting on the Facebook groups, yeah. and not not the hate groups. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some some of those some of those guys they're just off their heads. <laughs> I read I read stuff about us, yeah. and it's like, what? It's just, I mean, I've had this week. I'll be honest with you. We've, with this week, we've had a guy who just attacks everybody, yeah. and he started saying that our our coaching business, our education business, went bust. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It was formed in May 2016. It's still going yeah. strong. Yeah. <coughs> it's there. It's called Property Cubed. Anybody can look at it on companies. How's the company's there? Yeah. It's trading. It's and it's like you look at these groups and you think, I, uh, what, where, 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 just do not understand this at all. Anyway, so, but go on the property groups. You yeah. know, there's some big property groups on there, some big service accommodation groups on there. Go on, have a look around. And they're also, you know, they're also a good source of, of free information as well. Yeah. So get on there, have a good look around get known ask questions and you know there are some decent people in the business who will come and uh, come and give you some advice and if you say you know if you go on there and say listen i'm, I'm new to this yeah. i've been having a look around and i you know i want to take some training um is there anybody you know any recommendations and you'll generally get quite an active post yes uh, <laughs> yeah so you know that's, that's, that's a good way of doing advice. it so yeah, I would get training, but I would also do your due diligence. Yeah. Um, okay, what what other top tip would I? The way I started was learning how to source Afro. Okay, okay? Cool. now it's quite simple. You you can't have a property business if you ain't got any property. Yeah. <laughs> one of one of the bigger one of the other sets of apart from trainers who are getting a bash in, um, you know, another another set of people who get a bash in, and, and, and in a lot of ways, quite rightly so, yeah. are property sources. Okay. Because what's happened is people have come into the business. It's the easiest way, the most low-cost way to get into property. Yeah. Everybody, every everyone who's been on a free course somewhere now fancies themselves on a – you know, it's like the estate <laughs> agents. They must roll their eyes on a Monday morning Cowboys. and think, oh, I'm just best off. Yeah, have you got any lease options, mate? Yeah. You know, I got any rent to rent, mate. All oh, right, here we go. You've been on a free course again. So, um, but but I'm very I'm very protective of sourcing because we, you know, when I, when I, when I, when we started, it's like, oh my god, we've got to do something because I've got the kids now. Yeah. I started sourcing, um, so I, you know, it's it's a really good way in. It teaches you um, how how to how you know, how to source, how to deal with landlords, yeah. property owners. You know, it teaches you how to to transact the legals. You know, it, you can, you've got various uh, exit strategies or you can keep them. 
So it, it's, it, it, you know, you can start gener- – if you do this right, yeah. you can start generating some money. Okay. And then when you generate that money and you have your sourcing business, you can then start building your portfolio if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Because you just, you know, if you want to keep the properties after all, just keep them and yeah. start tenanting them or flip them on or sell them. <clears throat> so it's a great, great entry point. Yeah. But you have to set yourself up right. You have to stand out from from some of the people who are just like I've just yeah, described. Yeah. yeah? Um, and, and you, you know, you have to do the right thing. You have to start, you know, set yourself up right. Learn what to do. Learn what to say. Start, you know, if you're going to start phoning estate agents and landlords or letting agents and landlords or phone them out of your area, make your mistakes out of your area. Fair point. Yeah. yeah while you learn it. Yeah. Um, get yourself a decent website because, you know, if you're phoning, you're phoning the director of letting agents and, you know, you're saying you are what you are, and they yeah. say, oh, yeah, send, send us, send us your, your, your link to your website. Yeah. I ain't got one. It's like, oh, right. Yeah, like a professional email. You know, the same thing. So, you know, yeah, get yourself set up properly. Get yourself compliant. Um, you know, get, get on the PR, you know, get up on a PRS. Get yourself right. So <clears throat> that's another one. Um, that's that's I suppose that's the second yeah. pointer. I suppose the third one is don't don't do don't look around at all these different um, <clears throat> all these different strategies because what I in my experience of working with people, what people do the, the, there are lots of things in property you can do, but yeah. if you start looking at different strategies, you're going to dilute your focus. Yeah. And you're not going to drill down onto something and properly learn it. Be a master now, before you can start around. And it's like they call, what do they call it golden penny or golden coin. I don't know. I can't remember. But you know, like the shiny penny. Yeah, yeah. People but, chasing yeah. the next shiny penny. They don't achieve anything. They don't, they don't, don't really. <laughs> yeah, they don't. You know, they don't really get a grip of something, master it, make yeah. money at it, and then consolidate it. And then make a decision. Do I want to now move this way? So, you know, don't just go with a scattergun approach. And the problem with that is there are some of the bigger um, the bigger companies, and certainly before COVID, I don't know about at the moment, yeah. that do these expensive courses whereby you can go and learn a bit of everything. And I understand why they do that. And part of the reason to do that yeah. is so that it gives a flavor to people of, of you know what buy to sell is or you know what, what commercial to resi is or what lease options are what rent to rent is what sa is what hmos are uh, and that's and i get that and that's fine but the problem is is that people sort of don't master anything and then get scattergun and then spend a load of money on all this training yeah. they don't really move forward properly okay. so try your best get on the get on the social media groups and right, it's difficult because of, of COVID, but, you know, when all this is gone, get around the property, you know, to 20 quid property events. Just start, have some time figuring it all out. What do I want to do? You know, there's no point going into, let's say, the service accommodation business if you don't like people. <laughs> Great point, David. <laughs> Listen, point. Because it's hospitality, yeah? yeah? There's, there's no point, in my opinion, doing stuff like com- uh, conversions if you're like me and you don't know how to knock a nail in properly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's not quite, I'm not that quite, but I've got no interest in, in any kind of work like that. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll get someone in to do it, but they could rip me off. Yeah. It's not my thing. So figure out what your strengths are, what you interest you 
get around there, get around the events. Don't buy something straight away. You know, talk to people, get some advice and do what turns you on. If you're an entrepreneur or looking to start your own business, have a few clients for one more and more sales into your business, then join the Six Figure Challenge today. In this challenge, I share with you the foundations to build a six-figure business with a step-by-step challenge. So start the challenge today by going to www.six-figurechallenge.com and I'll see you there. Woo!